0: We can all agree to two truths. Life is beautiful, and life is also pretty tough. We all spend time trying to figure out what our purpose is, or what we are supposed to do, or what job we were meant for. We work hard, we do our best, and then life happens. Maybe it's a broken relationship, a financial crisis, a death of a loved one, a divorce, or getting fired from a job we love. And we get into this mindset that life is awful and all these bad things are happening to us. But have you ever thought that maybe these things are happening for us? Welcome to Business With Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, small businesses, and people that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Shaniqua Cousins. Shaniqua is an author and an inspiration Speaker, And let me tell you, our conversation is one of my favorites, and she really challenged me to think differently and live differently. We talk about relationships, business, life, death, and race. We cover it all. I know you are going to be changed by this episode. But first, I want to thank one of this week's sponsors of the show, which is Causebox. I'm so excited about having Causebox as a partner of the podcast because I have actually been a subscriber myself of Causebox for over two years. And ever since I started subscribing to Causebox, I have fallen in love with it. For those that don't know, CauseBox is a quarterly subscription box that comes out each season. And each season's box has a whole design and product theme. And every single product in the box is ethically made, fair trade, or gives back in some way. And they are all gorgeous. Everything in it is gorgeous. This is one of my all-time favorite subscription boxes. And truly, I actually believe it is one of the best values, too. It costs about $50 per box, but you receive more than $150 worth of beautiful and unique products that are. Are making a difference around the world. The Winter Cause Box is coming out soon and it is packed full of amazing products. I got a sneak peek and let me tell you, it is amazing. But There's something I wanted to also share with you because I'm so excited about this. CauseBox just announced an extremely limited edition men's box. Yes, a box full of amazing ethical products for the guys in your life. This is going to sell out fast, so you got to hop on it. So I've got a deal for you. The team at CauseBox has been so generous as to provide my listeners an exclusive coupon code for $15 off your first box with the code MOLLY. Simply go to stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox to sign up. That's stillbeingmolly.com slash C-A-U-S-E-B-O-X and use the coupon code Molly, M-O-L-L-Y for $15 off. And if you have not taken the time to go listen to my early podcast episode with Matt Richardson, the co-founder of Causebox, you can go all the way back in the archives to episode 13 to hear the Causebox story and to hear Matt's amazing crazy hilarious once-in-a-lifetime stories he is such a great storyteller but he's just he's an amazing person so you got to go back and listen to that now on to the episode with Shaniqua hi Shaniqua welcome to the show
1: hello Molly thank Uh, you thank you so much for having me
0: I'm honored honored to have you on the show and I'm so excited to chat today I know. Same
1: here. Same here. I just, um, you know, I've been following you and I just love the work that you're doing. And um, it's just an honor. It's an honor and a pleasure to to be with you today.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, the feeling Mm -hmm. is likewise. And I am really looking forward to just hearing more about your story and learning just all the I mean, I just I love to learn from people who have just, I have so much experience and so much wisdom. I just feel like we, you know, the more conversations we have like this, we can, Mm -hmm. we can learn so much from each other. So I want to dive right in. Um, Shaniqua, I'm going to have you give what all of my guests give, and that is the Shaniqua 101. So tell us your story and, and where, you know, what are the things that have led you to where you are today?
1: So I, uh, I'm a Southern girl, so I was born and raised in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina.
0: Oh, I love Charleston. Um, Real quick, oh, yeah. favorite restaurant in Charleston.
1: <laughs> you know what? My, my family's kitchen, <laughs> you know, oh, like yeah. my family's kitchen. We, um, I'll be honest with you, growing up, we didn't go out to eat a lot at different restaurants. We, you know, we just cooked, um, we just ate home cooking. And Mm -hmm. so I I don't have a favorite restaurant. Even when I go home today, I I currently live in Maryland. But when I go home today, it's like it's just looking forward to having food from – from my family. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't really have a, a favorite restaurant. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh, well, I hey, yeah. I love
0: that. Cause I'm, I love to cook too. We very rarely go out to eat. I cook all the time. So I kind of hope that my kids grow up and say the same thing that mom's mm-hmm. cooking was the best.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, um, I would be making it up if I said something right now. No, I, that, I'll be honest. That's but good. My, I know, love just that. Just my family's, my family's um, cooking and, being around the table with everyone, or you know, and just um, just having community really is, is what I enjoy most. So even if we went out, it's it's very rare, even when I'm home now, that my my yeah. family will go out for dinner. I love that. But so, but I, I was born and raised in Charleston. I went to uh, public schools in Charleston. Uh, grew up uh, the middle girl. I have an older sister and and one younger sister, and um, you know, just a little background, as far as our, um how we were raised, we were, my family didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so we were, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we were poor, but we were, you know, um we were making it, I, mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but what we did have was a lot of love. So I grew mm-hmm. up just feeling loved. And um I always felt like I, I could do whatever it is that I've wanted to do, to be honest with you, even given the the economic disadvantages that we may have had. We just always had love and always had um, just always I've always had family support. Um, It wasn't until uh, probably about at the age of 12. So I grew up with my two sisters and my my um, my mom and my dad. My my dad passed away when I was 14 years Mm -hmm. old. And that that I would say that began The shift for me as far as the trajectory, Mm -hmm. um, as far as where I where I just started to question my my um, my own identity as it related to men, as it related to my own outlook on myself and just started to question some things. And then when I was about maybe twelve or so, I went and I started living with my aunt Joni, which is my mom's sister. Mm. And for no other reason than we were, you know, just a big country family and you slept over at, you know, whomever's home. And um, I went there and slapped one slept one night and I literally stayed there until I left to go to the military at the oh, age wow. eighteen. Wow. And you know, so she and my mom would have the conversation. Uh, like, okay, I'm the mother, you're the aunt kind of conversation. Mm. And so I, from the age of 12 to 18 or so, i I always had felt like I had two mothers and living with my aunt, I was still in the middle because I had an older cousin who's a year older than me. Um, he's a, a boy and then a younger cousin. So I felt like I grew up in the best of both worlds. I had, I was a middle gr- uh, girl with two sisters and I was a middle girl with two brothers so we grew up like brothers and sisters from yeah. the time that I between eight, 12 and eighteen. Yeah, and so um, left for the military at eighteen, and I would say that was probably one of the best decisions I could have made in my uh, in my adult life. Yeah, one of the best decisions that I could have made because it just. It opened me up to a, a whole nother world. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, up until that age and living in Charleston at the time that I grew up, everything was so black and white. And mm. I, I mean that from the literal sense. Yeah. And um, but once I left for the military, I was just opened up to so many different people, so many different uh, backgrounds. And the world just seemed to be um just so reachable to me, like everything be, really became obtainable for me when I entered the military.
0: Yeah, and
1: I, I mean, I, I just loved it. I really did. I loved, um, I loved, you know, being a sailor. I loved uh, be, having the opportunity to lead sailors. I loved, I love serving my country.
0: I do want to say, I just want to say thank you for your service. My mom um, oh. also served in the military, and so I, you know, obviously I have a respect for the military, but I really have you know, just an extra level of respect for women veterans. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for your service and um, thank oh, you for, for what you gave for our country.
1: Oh, you're absolutely welcome. It was, a, it, again, that was one of those things where it was just an honor for me. And, and you know, being from the South and then, like I mentioned earlier, just from the, the economic standpoint, it really gave me a foundation to, be, uh, to really, um, that, that changed my life, to be yeah. honest with you. It, it really did change my life. And while while in the military, I started schooling because, uh, again, at 18, I left I left right from home. So I didn't go to college in the traditional sense. I did all of my schooling abroad. Mm. So as soon as I uh, my first duty station was Brunswick, Maine. And so I will tell you, that was a shocker. (laughs) 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 Leaving from leaving from Charleston, South Carolina, Brunswick, Maine, yeah. Yeah, I was literally in in boot camp and we were getting our orders, and I had the they would only put the the, the state abbreviation on your orders, and I was like, M E, where where's I can't leave the country. I don't know where these people are sending me. Like I had no clue where Maine was. Like I knew where it was, but it it, it didn't dawn on me that I would be there.
0: Yeah, and so
1: um, left and went to Brunswick, Maine, and you know did all of my schooling, met some great people, still have great friends that I that I met in the military. And then I would meet my husband in Brunswick, Maine. Oh, look at that! Uh, yeah, I, I, he was—he uh, was a Navy sailor as well, and I worked in the personnel department. And he came in, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, here he is." Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had my eyes on him. So as soon as he turned in his records, you know, I had to do my job and go through his records, um, which was AKA it. for background.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love it.
1: And so, um, yeah, we dated for about maybe two and a half years and, and he proposed and, you know, 16 years later, we'll, we'll be married in March of, uh, next year. It'll be 16 years.
0: Oh, I love that. Congratulations. And, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's, that has been a blessing. Again, one of those things about, you know, who God only knows if I hadn't gone into the military, I may not have met him. Uh, and then from there, Just I I was able we we had our our baby girls. My daughter is 13. She just turned 13. Mm. And um, again, one of those moments, just life changing when you become a mother.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, one of those. um, You know what I think about when I think of mothering or just parenting in general? I think of it as like one of the utmost, it's just that it really is an honor. And I know I've said honor several times, but I, I just think about the impact that you have as a parent to really shape and mold a life like they are so influential. And that is such a precious opportunity. And, and when you talk about changing the world, when when you're a parent, you you have that capability, mm-hmm. you know, and kids they can be shaped and molded in so many in different ways. But when you have the ability to impact that life positively. I just think that it's like the, just an honor, you, you know, because they're yes. going to go out into the world yes, and, and they're going to prayerfully, uh, put out the things that, that we've put into them and why not, you know, I, I just, it's just amazing to me. It, it, it was like, it's life changing to me. It keeps mm-hmm. me on my toes mm-hmm. because I know that she's always there. She's always watching and learning from me. So it, it definitely has made me a better woman. I, w- I will say that. Mm. It, it has made me a better woman. Amen. And, um, I, I mean, it's just a, it's just a privilege is how I see it.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. And so from there, I will say, um, I have always had a love and a passion for, for women and girls. Uh won because I, I was a girl and I, and I am a woman, <laughs> but, and so I, I've always been, um, I never been I've never been afraid to be on a stage or in the center of a room or, or anything like that. And once I became old enough to to realize that people were that I had a I had a, a sphere of influence, I'll say mm, that. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I once I became mature enough to understand that if you have the ability, just like with your kid, if you have the ability to impact people, why not make sure that it's the best? Why not mm. make sure that it's um it's something meaningful? And so probably about 23, I started to shift into understanding that that there's a purpose for me in this earth realm. Hmm. And I started to, um, I just started to change my, not who I am, but change what I was, I was very mindful about what I was imparting in people's lives. And um, and 23 was about that pivotal point. And I started writing and journaling about that, that age and Trying and and deciding who I wanted to be,
0: mm. you know, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. And
1: um, from that point on, and and I'll be forty next year. Mm. From that point on, I have lived by what I have written out for my life, what I believe is possible. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a Christian woman, so I'm I'm always in my word. to that word even more so about 23 and I just started really living that life and it wasn't about it was no longer about getting a a reaction from a crowd if you would it Mm. really was about how are you how can you be impactful while given the time frame that you have here on earth it's like what are you going to do with it and so I've been you know on that trajectory even even when I didn't have a platform I was on that trajectory in my, in the silence of my own home, you know, when it was only my journals and and I, you know, there, there were times when, you know, I would just sit in, 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 in silence because I just wanted to hear the voice within. And there's still times that I do that, but I, and I've just been on that, that course ever since. So I think I gave you more than my background. No, absolutely. Okay. So, um, but yeah. And, um, and there was even a time when I did not, it was probably about 29 or so. I took a step back, so I started writing, okay? So I Mm -hmm. started journaling, writing, that led to me writing my first book and publishing and that led to me going out and speaking on different platforms and meetings, but you know, wherever people would have me kind of situation. And then there was a time where from living what I had written and living, what I believed was right for me. There was, I just got away from it. Yeah. And I had to really take a step back. And so there were about, there was about a period of about maybe three years where I, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't, I wasn't accepting any invitations to come out to events. I, I just, I just throttled back because I wasn't being authentically me. And for ver- various life reasons, I, I just wasn't being who I who I knew I could be, and who I wanted to be uh, from a from a, a role model standpoint, and just a, just a woman and p- period. And I yeah. I, just, I stepped away from it. What and, do you think?
0: Um, what do you think was the ahead. cause of that?
1: I don't know that it was one thing. But it was a combination of you know, I was, I was in debt. That was mm. one situation. Um, mm. My marriage wasn't the best. That was, that was like another thing. Um, I just wasn't feeling good about who I was. And mm. I think and, we and all I think go we through all, those things. Yeah. <laughs> y- yeah. You know, I, I just, I just wasn't feeling, I just wasn't feeling good about myself. Mm. And, and I, I said, I remember when I sat down with myself and just said, you know, you're, you're going to have to get it together, girlfriend. <laughs> Um, you're going to have to get it together and, and if for no other reason, because see, I'm, I'm very much, um, I believe that purpose is not a singular effort. It's not a, it's not a singular tasking. You're connected to people. And, and when you, when you're truly living authentically in that, that zone, that space that's divine for you, um, specific uniquely for you, um, you perform at your best and I, I do believe that there's times when we get outside of the path that we're that's that's predestined for us. Yes. But I think it's also important that we get right back on when we realize it, you know, oh, and then yeah. whatever that time frame may be. It, it was about three and a half years for me. It could be two weeks for Molly. You, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like whatever, whatever it takes for you to get back there. Yeah. And so um, I got back there. I will say that I got back there. And, and I'll tell you one of the reasons why I got back there. Mm, yes. So I, I got a call October of, of uh, 2012, October 30, 30th of 2012. I got a call. I'm sitting, I'm standing in my kitchen and my uncle's on the phone. And he said, hey, your mom had a fall. And my mom is like, my mom at the time, she's like 54, right? Mm-hmm. And never, has never been sick. Uh, so I, I just I didn't know what was going on. And I'm in Maryland. She's down in South Carolina. And um, about two hours later, we got a call back. I got a call back. And, and, and they and my uncle, again, on the phone said uh, they found a tumor on her brain. And I, mm. Molly, I lost it like like completely oh, lost it. I The only thing I remember really happening after that is my husband coming down to the kitchen and literally picking me up off the floor. Mm. And, um, you know, I got settled within myself and, you know, immediately had to call my, my two sisters because I just I was concerned about how they were taking this. And, you know, so long story short, my oldest sister, she lives in Maryland. So she and I left the very next day, Halloween of 2012. We left and we drove down to South Carolina. Mm. and that was probably, I ended up taking that route. I could not even tell you how many times I've driven from Maryland to South Carolina, Right. but that the last hour of that drive was the longest hour of my life, Mm. and we got down to the hospital, and I walked into the room, and when I tell you, I did not even recognize my own mother. Like, I, I just did not recognize her, and I have family members trying to prepare us before we went into the, the room and I just I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know I did, I could not rationalize what was happening okay mm. and so long story short as far as that portion of it she she was able to go through rehabilitation and, and you know there was a tumor in her brain we found out she had stage four cancer mm. and you know she went through rehabilitation her body I saw like I saw life come back into her body into her body. And so, uh, she, she could not walk. She, she, she could barely talk, but week by week, month by month, she regained strength and she just became, she was my mom again, y- mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so for, from October through April of the very next year, I would drive back and forth going to South Carolina, just making sure everything was good. She was doing chemo and then she didn't want to do it. And, you know, um, and in uh, April of 27, God would have it, that she would no longer be here
0: mm. of, of
1: 2013. And I I'm telling you, it was probably about four days leading up to that. I was sitting in her room with her and she, she looked over at me and she, she said to me, I'm going to be leaving. And I'm going to need you to. Be, you're going to be okay. She said those words to me, and it was like in that moment that I, I. It was just so out of body for me, but I could really tell it was out of body for her. And when she said those words to me, it really quickened me. One, it it strengthened my faith for certain, and then it quickened me in my spirit that wow, you know, you're you you have the ability right now to. The, I, I guess I was like, it, it, like I had the ability to not resist what was happening mm, yeah. in that very moment. Like I, I, I didn't resist it. I just accepted. I accepted what she was saying to me. And there was a belief that set in for me, like it had never set in before. And that particular day, probably like the next day, I believe I drove back to Maryland because I just kind of I had to get myself together. I drove back to Maryland, and before I could get back to charleston, she had she had passed away. Mm. but the the ability to in that moment to resist, to not resist those words that she said to me and that belief that's that sunk in for me changed changed me forever. It has changed me forever. And the way that i the way that I embrace situations and and um, and in my life today, it's because of that moment. Mm. Like there, there, it, I have, I, I, I'm telling you, God had it to where I am able to, you know, like you see the storm, but not resist that it's happening. There's yeah. an acceptance and an understanding that's set in, in that moment that yeah. has changed me completely. Yeah, and it, it, it has changed me completely, and and um, I'm just a better person for it. You know, I, I, I just, I just feel that I am.
0: Oh, Shaniqua, I I relate to that on so many levels, and I know that there are so many people that can. Um, my mom passed away when I was in high school. My well, I was wow. a senior in high school. And, you know, my faith was rocked. I mean, I didn't really mm. grow up a Christian. Um, I mean, my parents were Catholic, but they grew up in, like, a really traditional Catholic, you know, setting. And so they didn't yeah. – they didn't want to raise me in that way because I mean, they went to Catholic school, so they were like beaten by nuns kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And, and so my parents were very much, they didn't want to shove anything down my throat. If that, you know, so to speak. And, Mm -hmm. and, but my, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, my mom in a lot of ways was like the closest thing to just being the hands and feet of Jesus of, of anybody that I've ever known. And, um, you know, but I, I really struggled for a long time because so she was, long story short, she was sick for a very long time um, because she had um, a, a disease that she she'd contracted due to her exposure to Agent Orange while she was serving in Vietnam. And she, you know, for, she was so sick for such a long time and it was so hard to watch her suffer for so mm-hmm. long. And I, I just couldn't at, you know, my very young age and even at 17 when she passed, you know, I just couldn't wrestle with why, you know, quote unquote, God would let yeah something okay. like that happen. And obviously in my older age now, I say older, I'm, I still think I'm young. You know, I'm in my <laughs> 30s. I'm still young and vibrant. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think, I I know now that it's not that God let those things happen Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and that there was a plan all along but I I mean I remember the night she passed and it wasn't like it was a situation where she was in the hospital and we knew she was going to die that night it was she'd been sick a very long time so it could have happened at any moment but I remember I was actually upset with her that day Um, she you know she was out driving and she wasn't supposed to be driving because she was on a lot of medication and And my dad had been traveling and he was getting back into town that day. And it it was one of those situations where I was saying goodnight to her and I was frustrated with her. I mean, I was also 17. So I was an immature teenager and I was just like, okay, goodnight, mom. And I remember she looked at me and she stopped and she said, honey, I love you. And I looked at her and I said, I love you too, mom. And she was like, come here and give me a hug, you know, and, and I gave her a hug. And I just remember there was like a look in her eyes that I'll never forget. Mm. And it was a look that I can't explain, that I can't replicate. You know, I just Mm -hmm. she knew and she didn't say it, but she said it with her look. And she said it when she stopped me and said, I love you. And she hugged me and, you know, and then she passed away in the middle of the night. Um, And so that. But I think about that. And at the time I was so angry I was so angry, but I've used that now, you know, you you know, we're coming up on 15 years um, since she passed. And, um, you know, I use that now to just think about what am I doing with my life and what are the things that I'm doing to impact other people and how can I use influence or how can I use just the community around me? How can I minister to my family? How can I, you know, focus on, uh, you know, just serving well and loving well and leaving a legacy, you know, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? Because the legacy my mom left is, is amazing. And I just, I, I always say that if I grow up to be half the woman she was like, I will Mm -hmm. be okay. You know, so I, you know, I just say that to, because I connect with so much of what you said of just that When you have that moment of that person in your life, you know, like a mother or a sister or a best friend who's just made such an impact on you and you Mm -hmm. see them at the end of their life and how they handle it and, Mm -hmm. and what is, what matters to them, uh, that is life changing and that's life impacting and, and being able to use that to fuel, um, your own future is, Mm -hmm. is so it's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's very little words I have for it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I, and I, I mean, I, I, I'm i so I'm thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And it's, it's one of those situations where you're it, you want to you want to share with people. But it's its like certain people will get it because they have experienced it firsthand. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it takes on a different a different meaning when yeah. you've experienced it firsthand. Because I'm telling you that those moments in that that room with her, I, I just like you said, you can't replicate that. You
0: can't. Yeah. You
1: can't you can you can try to share it and and and, and tell people, but it was just a precious moment. Mm-hmm. And even for your mom, that was a precious moment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and, and just look at the, the impact this had on you mm-hmm. now that you're looking, you know, in retrospect, you, you didn't you just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. Oh, and but now being able to use that, I, I just think it's 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 great it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I just think it's awesome. Wow, well, thank you
0: yeah. and you know, know, and it's it's amazing, too, how to see how God has used that in my mm. adult life and how when I really became a believer, and when God brought me to my knees. and I, you know, when you were sharing about how you really felt like you had kind of strayed um mm-hmm. at the, for a couple of years like for me that was like a 7 year period that <laughs> i was in a really really dark place my my period was about 7 years maybe even a little longer um you know but and and that was a really tough season that i had just completely walked away from god i'd walked away from a lot of things mm-hmm. and i was also in debt and i was i'd made a lot of mistakes and i just was yeah. i was angry i was so angry and then there was that moment where God just literally brought me to my knees and said, "Just trust me. Just trust me." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Fine, okay."
1: <laughs> but and isn't that a good? You know what I think? Though, and I, I commend you. I commend you for for doing that because there are so many, you know, and there's so much work to be done in the world. But there are so many people that haven't found the ability to just trust Him. Mm, yes, for whatever reason. And when you do trust him, you're like, wow, you should just trust him. You you know, like you want it for other people. Yes. You you know, and and, and (laughs) if I had to sum it up for even your even in your situation um, with your mom and and what I had to do in the situation with my mom in those moments, that was what I would call absolute trust. Yeah. You you know, like that, that and to me, whenever I think of trust right now, I go back to that moment. Mm. I go back to that moment. Um, In April, that happened with my my mom. You know, that trust was there. I am not even kidding you, Molly. In June of July 1st, uh, I'll never forget it because we all my family came to Maryland. We were all just like, you know what? We're going to stay together. You guys come up here. We had a big old country family barbecue. (laughs) And, you know, they came up for from the first of July through the fourth. From that moment until October of the same year, my marriage just went boop, downhill, mm. completely downhill. And so then now let's go back to the, the resisting and not resisting and, and trusting from July through October. It was just, it was just bad. And I had to fall before on my knees and I made up in my mind that, you know, what, God, I'm going to trust you just like I did back in April. I'm going to trust you. And, you know, I just had a a, a real heart to heart with my husband. Like, yeah. basically, I was like, look, this isn't working. We both know this isn't working kind of conversation. Yeah. And as tough as that kind of as tough as that conversation was, my husband left our home October of that year, October mm. of 2013, the same year that my mom, Pat, like I should have been stretched out somewhere. You know, I have my kid. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm, I, I didn't even have an opportunity to, to, to even think about accepting any speaking engagement. So I hadn't done anything as it relates to the business that whole year yeah. because my whole, I, I just wasn't mentally there. Yeah. So from October of 2013 until November of 2015, my husband and I were residing in two different homes. Oh, wow. Raising my daughter on, you know, we would, and, and, and a lot of people didn't know it, you know, and he would pick her up and, and, you know, let spend the weekends and, you know, I would pray with her. So we are praying for him and, you know, um, I would there you talk about crying I spent a lot of time on my steps crying wow. you know even in my even in my trust I it, it still was hurtful and painful because I'm thinking wow my my mom now my marriage and all oh my and I got this kid and oh what am I doing and again one of those moments is like okay girlfriend you got to you got to get it together you're going to yeah. have to get it together and I again Quickened myself and, and, and got back into the the space and the place that I was supposed to be in. Because what happens is we get consumed by the things that we're thinking is happening to us. Yeah. And we don't see that it's happening for us, right? Oh. And so I had to get into that space of this is happening for you. And what are you going to do about what God has, you you know, not necessarily that God came and tore apart my marriage, but the circumstances are for me. So now do you accept it or not? So I didn't resist. I I just I, I got it together. By the end of the year, I had gotten it together. My birthday That my birthday is November 29th. And my girlfriends and I, we all you know, we kind of we just went out and celebrated. And I said, you know, next year, 2014, I am getting myself together. I'm going to get back to business. And and I have been on that trajectory ever since I turned a blind eye to all of the things that were happening around me. Yeah. Um, not in a sense that I ignored it, but I did not, I did not want, I did not pretend like it, it wasn't happening, but I did not allow it to consume me and take me away from purpose. I yeah. did not allow it to consume me. Yeah. I, I used it to fuel everything that I had. I, I, I used it to fuel me for everything that I knew I could do everything. I went back to that, you know, I'm sitting in my office right now and I have vision boards all around me. And, you know, I have from when I was 23 years old, I wrote out what I wanted to do. I have that on my vision board to this day. I love. And I would come in here and look around at all these things. I have words on my board like you're enough and I'm happy. You're strong. You're abundant, wealthy, healthy. Like all these words are around me in my office. And uh, January of 2014, I got it together. I just got it together. And when I did, it, it's like all these invitations started coming in the mail, if you would, just yeah. you know, and people just embracing embracing me because you know I had embraced myself once again. And I felt really good and I felt really um I felt really good about who I was despite of the circumstance that I was in in that particular moment in my life. And I was willing to, okay, God, again, if this is what is the, if this is the situation, I'm going to release this marriage. We went through counseling. I was going through counseling for myself alone, because again, these, these were major life changes Yeah. and, you know, went through mediation and, you know, we were literally weeks away from, um, divorce weeks away. Right. My daughter, I took, I took my daughter to see the movie, um, War room. Oh, right. With, with, uh, Priscilla. Yeah. Took my daughter to see that movie. This is um, this is October of 2015. Took my daughter to see the movie. We came back, and you could not. It, if you saw that movie, you yes. Was, I don't know many people that would have come back and not create their war room.
0: Oh my goodness! And How powerful I, I, is that?
1: I, I'm telling you, I I just I we sat at the kitchen table, she and I. And I told her to write her list out of what she what she was looking for and what she was expecting and and, and her prayers and thoughts. And I sat there and I wrote mine out. I had three pages. I had a page for me. I had a page for her. I had a page. No, I had four pages. I had a page for my husband and then I had a page for our marriage. Mm. And I wrote everything out. I wrote and I wrote a scripture, a scripture for everything that I wrote. And I was honest, Lord, you're going to have to show me. Because he's not the man for me. I was going through all of this that I had written out. And I placed it in my closet. And I would just, you know, when I go in to get my clothes in the morning, I would see it. And then I'd go and pray. And I'm not even kidding. No, uh, Thanksgiving of that same year, he came over for dinner. And um, we were going to go after and take my daughter skating. or ice, We were taking her to the ice show. That's what it was. And on the way back from the ice show, he said to me, well, what are we going to do with my stuff when I move back in? What and I? am sorry. <laughs> I don't And I literally, I, I laughed like I, you know what? What are you? What are you talking about? I don't know what we hadn't. We hadn't had any conversation. We weren't living like husband and wife. I, I the, the, the question came totally out of left field for me.
0: Mm.
1: And and but then again, in that moment, do you resist it? Do you take advantage of it? Oh no, you're not coming back. You know? Do I? Do, what do you do? I humbled myself. I, I, I've humbled myself and because he doesn't know what I had written. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't know any of this stuff. Right. I just humbled myself and I had, I saw him as a person. He was no longer just, Oh, this is your husband. He's supposed to do this. He's supposed, you know, we get into these where we, we have all these roles that we place on each other. And I just saw him as a person. Yeah. That was opening up his heart to another person, mm. and I couldn't take advantage of the situation and make it for my good. Yeah. And it, you know, it took a couple of days for us to um, to really have a heart to heart conversation about about what went wrong, and you know what we wanted to do going forward. And he's been back home ever since. And and I'm telling you, it is like a new marriage. It was like when I go back to what I said about my mom early on about how I could see the life come back into her body. Like I have seen the goodness of God in my marriage over these last several years, since that particular moment that we were in the car to to this morning when I kissed him before I left out for work and I have just seen it. and, And I'm just so grateful that, you know, and, and again, like I said, we'll be married 16 years next month. And I just know that there's a plan and a purpose for our marriage You know, so just to see that go to waste, it was hard. It was very hard, but I am so grateful that I stood in there.
0: Guys, I know you are loving this conversation with Shaniqua. Let's take a quick break from talking with her. And let me tell you about another awesome company that's helping to make this show possible. And that is Sevenly. Sevenly was founded in 2011 with the mission of leading a generation towards generosity. Based on the core belief that people matter, the Sevenly team created a cause art movement consisting of seven-day cause campaigns inviting customers to purchase advocacy art, apparel, and accessories that donate to nonprofits. Now widely recognized as one of the world's leading social good companies, to date, Sevenly has given back over $5 million to charities around the world. This holiday season, Sevenly is excited to offer you the opportunity to give back while also giving gifts to your loved ones. One of my favorite shirts from Sevenly is the Love Thy Neighbor as Thyself shirt. It is so comfortable. It's a beautiful hand-scripted font, but more importantly, 100% of the net proceeds of this shirt are going directly to benefit Hurricane Harvey Relief. I know it can be easy for us to forget about something that happened a couple months ago, but our friends in Texas still need a lot of help, and all of the proceeds of this are benefiting Hurricane Harvey Relief. So I definitely recommend you go check out sevenly.org and you can use the coupon code Molly10 for 10% off your purchase. There are so many amazing products on the site. You can get something for your mom, your dad, your best friend, your sister, yourself, your cousin, your neighbor. There are so many amazing products that are giving back to fantastic causes. Again, go check out their signature collections at sevenly.org and give back to the charity of your choice. Use the coupon code Molly10 for 10% off now through the end of November. And if you haven't heard my interview with the co-founder of Sevenly, Jim Van Erden, you can go back and listen to episode 53 to hear it. It was one of my favorite episodes to date and I know you will love it. Now, back to my conversation with Shaniqua. I love what you said when you said, sometimes we see these things happening to us Mm -hmm. instead of seeing that they're happening for us. And like as hard and as dark as I'm sure that season was, like think about the reward that is on the other side, like this beautiful, strong marriage that you now have that is such a testimony to other people and how Mm -hmm. other couples can see, man, look what they went through and look at where they are now and see how God is using that to impact so many others. And just as you, you know, with you, with everything that you do in your business with, with speaking and, you know, and writing and sharing and, um, just the way that you share your experiences in your life to inspire other people and other women and business owners and, And how you're able to use those trials and those testimonies to impact others and the way that, I mean, it's so amazing. And I just, I can't help but smile when I see like the way God uses difficult, dark times to bring Mm -hmm. him glory. Because people say only God can do that. Only.
1: Only God can do that. There's
0: no, there (laughs) is no other explanation. There's no other explanation. Only God can do that. And the, the way that it brings people to faith and grows their faith in him I mean the ripple effects from that will you'll see for generations and it's just I, that's amazing
1: yeah I I, I I I thank you thank you so much I I just I just I I know that it had to be gone it had to be and it, it continues to be absolutely because in in my own strength and my own um ability I would have oh no we're done let's get out, you know, you could leave, you just sign the paper kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but again, it goes back to what you, what you said too. I can be, a, I'm a better business person because, because of my personal situation. Yeah. You, you know what I mean, like it's you, you either for me, when it comes to my company, right. My, I see my company as a direct reflection of me, Mm-hmm. and, um, it's a, it's about purpose. It's about, it's about passion. It's about love for people that's on the business side. And my personal realm is the same thing. And, and the two cannot, I cannot, It one can't trump the other is how I see it. Right. You know, um, I'm not going to go out and, and, and I'm not going to go out and speak about something. I'm not going to go and speak into people's lives and, and not be real and authentic about who I am when I leave the stage. It's just, it doesn't even make sense to me in my mind. And and I just, I, I can't do it. I'd rather not do it before I'm fake about it. It 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 just doesn't sit right. It doesn't feel right to me. So I'm always I'm always looking for the lessons and, and and um what is this teaching me yeah. kind of thing when when life presents me different situations and circumstances. And so, but I go back to that that ability that that moment rather that God gave me to not resist what was happening, what was told to me from my mom's mouth. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I, I owe a lot to that very moment. Yeah, I do. I, you know, I've always been adventurous since I was a kid. And so I've always had that. Um, and it could be just that middle kid syndrome, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, I just, I've always been curious and, and wanted to explore and, and discover new things. And, and I, I'm, I'm still that way. I'm still that way. Curious about people. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up when I, when I, I'll just share this, this, this one story with you too, that I would say was very life changing for me as a child um, growing up where I grew up, literally you, you would go down one block and it was all African-American families and you would turn one block and it was all Caucasian families mm-hmm. and we lived in the middle. My, my particular street was in the middle where you had mixed families. So you had black families, white families living side by side. Yeah. And, um, I was walking down the street. I'm eight years old, just walking down my street or riding my bike, whatever I was doing. And there was a lady outside in her garden and I just stopped. Hey, how are you? What, what are you doing? And she told me she was planning and she asked if I wanted to help. And I did, I started helping her. Well, her name was Isabel. Molly, when I tell you, we became the best of friends like she's like 30 at this point. I'm eight. And it just opened my eyes to so many different things at that age. Um, I went to my first Nutcracker with her um, and she, she's a white female now. I'm a little black girl down in Charleston. <laughs> and we would just we would be everywhere together. And that wasn't very common for that time. Yeah. You know, and particularly for my neighborhood. Um, and we would just, I, I I had guacamole guacamole for the first time with her. I didn't like it. I didn't (laughs) like it then. And I still don't like it. Um, you know, we, we just did everything. And, and she, you know, I, I got introduced to the ballet. I took my first ballet lessons with her. Um, I mean, um, because of her and it was, it was such a blessing Such a blessing. And from the age of eight until about 16, Ms. Isabel was in our family. I was in her family. Everyone knew me and, and, you know, the whole nine. And we lost contact um, with one another. Mm. And it wasn't until 2010. Now, all this time from 16 until there was like this dark period where we I had no clue where she was and she didn't know where I was. And a good old Facebook would bring us back together. I was Aww. out there. Yeah. I was out there one night and I said, Oh my goodness, this is Miss Isabel. And I sent her a message and we have been inseparable ever since. Shinigua, ever since. I and, love that
0: so much. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, and then the irony of it all is that right after my mom passed away, now I met Ms. Isabel when I was eight, right after my mom passed away, my daughter, she was eight at the time. Well, right after she passed away, my daughter was, be- she became this very um nervous and, and anxious as yeah. if she thought I would be, pa- I would pass away at any mm. moment. And so there was a little bit of separation anxiety there with her. And, you know, I, so long story short, what I ended up doing was having her go out to see Miss Isabel in New Mexico. So I put her on a plane and it was just one of those life lessons. I allowed her to fly to New Mexico from Maryland. We, you know, you had to coordinate it with the airline. Yeah. A direct flight, the whole nine. They're waiting on the other end. And she got an opportunity to be by herself with Miss Isabel at eight years old, just like I was for an entire week in New Mexico you know digging for fossils and and all the it was such a great experience for her That's so and I was just it was like paying it for like I knew what she meant for me and I just wanted to give that to jada and then and then to just help break up that that separation anxiety for her yeah. and now the two of them have been inseparable ever since
0: I love that so much I love you, that you. so much so <laughs> you
1: know, I probably share too much but
0: <laughs> no I I you know yeah. it gives me such encouragement and um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm i so thankful that, and I've said this before on the show with other guests, like I'm so, that, you know, obviously I, I believe so great, greatly, that is the most inarticulate way that I could say this, but I just believe <laughs> that God can do so much through bringing people together, people yeah. of different ages, different races, different cultures, different generations. I mean, just different... Everything, different socioeconomic status, I mean, and the way that God can bring people together and, um, and especially it just gives me so much hope and encouragement, you know, especially with, I mean, you know, the elephant in the room, like everything that we're going, that's going on with race relations in our country right now. And it breaks my heart, but I think about how much more it breaks the father's heart and how, Yes. How the the tensions that we feel today—that God just goes, "Why can't you all just see that you are beautiful mm. and I created you uniquely to be you? And why can't you all just get that?" <laughs> I almost yeah. Just, you know, and and th- that is just such a beautiful picture of what that could look like. And and I I'm so thankful that I, our neighborhood is incredibly diverse I mean the cul-de-sac that we live in I mean we've got a Jewish family we've got a black family we've got um, you know an Asian family we've got you know a um, Middle Eastern family I mean we just have you know my my daughter just plays with I mean there's not even one kid in the cul-de-sac that looks like her and they're her friends she loves them and I love it because our house is the house that everybody just walks into and I mean sometimes I get a little annoyed because I'm like y'all can y'all stop eating my snacks (laughs) like (laughs) I know your snack cabinet you have a snack cabinet oh we got a snack cabinet and there's (laughs) always like there's no less than on a weekend there is no less than five children in my house and (laughs) Uh, like two of them are mine (laughs) so I'm like I'm like I need a new separate snack budget to feed the neighborhood because <laughs> yeah but no i'm i'm like that too well i'm i'm not the sna- i'm not the house where
1: all the kids come but when my daughter goes outside she she's not there more than 10 15 minutes well she's coming back in to get capri and snacks not. and fruit snacks like, and everything for everyone y'all are killing me i'm like <laughs> yeah
0: but you know it's so funny because um you know, I mean, I'm totally the mom that's like, I want you guys to always feel like you are safe to come in my house and you can talk to me mm-hmm. about anything, but also get outside, get out of my way.
1: <laughs> but you know, you know, the beauty in that though. And and I, I know you can relate to this. You know, our kids, cause my, my daughter too, she has no point of reference for me saying that I only went to school with all black kids. Mm-hmm. Like she has no point of reference for what that means. Yeah. Um, there was one white girl, one in the entire time. And the entire time I went to high school that attended my school, we had yeah. a magnet school that was co-located with our school, but the kids yeah. were, they were bussed off and, and they were kept very separate. Yeah. But to the actual public school, there was one girl, one white female that I could remember. Like my daughter has no point of reference for that. yeah. yeah. And your kids probably have no point of reference for oh, that type of behavior. Absolutely. And I, I think that it's just a, that's just the beauty. When you look at the generations and how things are changing, they, I wouldn't say that they're the best, but no, how things yeah. are changing. And you know, and and then when you're teaching them, when you add on to that, you couple it with the fact that you're teaching them um, biblically sound um, ways of living and of being in this earth. I, I just think we would you you do such justice for the next mm.
0: generation. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't mind me asking, I just, because this is something that I think is so valuable I, because, you know, I have now got, I mean, cause I was very thankful that I grew up in a very, I had no point of reference for, uh, you know, not going to school with people who didn't look like me. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. I grew up in a, I grew up right outside of Washington, DC. And so, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, living in the, in Maryland, I mean that yeah. DC, I mean, it's so diverse and oh, yeah and that's how it was when I was a kid. And I mean, all of my, my friends were of different backgrounds. I mean, and I, you know, I had very, I had white friends, I had black friends, I had Asian friends, you know I mean? Like I had, okay, you know, Latino. And, um, and so, but I've, as I've gotten older, and when I moved to North Carolina, I saw how different it was. And mm-hmm. just especially today, like I've gotten to the point that I, I so respect um, my friends who are people of color because I I want to have conversations with them and I want to just listen and I want to just say like what, tell me what your perspective is on this because I want to hear it and I want to know how I can do better like how can I yeah support you and how can I help you um, you know so just as somebody who has you know you grew up in Charleston now living in Maryland and and you're a woman of faith, and you're also a military service, um, service member, and uh, just a woman in general, what is your advice to both the, you know, the black community, or the Latino community, the Asian community, or the white community? Like, what is what do you see make of what we're going through right now as a a country and what do you pray for what do you hope to see and and how can we best support each other and listen rather than just you know when you see the news and social media just everybody wants to fight and bicker and nobody wants to hear each other what are what do you pray for during those times
1: i pray that people would be heard mm. because that's really people want to be heard and yeah. they want to feel like they're validated. Yeah. And um, if you don't, it, and it's, it's really tough when you're, when, you, when you're not walking in someone's shoes, mm-hmm. right? It's really tough to say what you would do or, or how you would handle a situation. But until you've walked in their shoes, like I don't know what it's like to be pulled over by a cop as a black man. I don't know that. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know what that what that is like. Um, But my husband does. Right. Mm-hmm. And even in our, our similarities, as far as our backgrounds and our, our ethnicity and, and things of that nature, there's there's a lot of differences that he faces. So what I have to do is I have to listen. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that and, and, and in my listening, I listen to understand. I don't listen to just react and respond to what, what someone is going through. When you, when you have understanding, you seek understanding, you know, God will give you the words to share. We're we're so, we're so reactive and posting and, 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 um, just going along to get along. But I think what we have to do is really listen to people's hearts and people just want to be known. People just want to be uh, valued and validated. That's really what it, what it really comes down to. No one wants to be treated um, as if they're. You get so many messages that you're not enough, mm. that you're not, um, you're not worthy, um, you're not, um, you don't all the, you know, with the all the different classes that I, you haven't arisen. You get so many messages, and and when you just peel back all those different things, but we're all the same. We're all the same. You know, um, and that's, you just want to be heard just like the, it doesn't matter what you have. Um, it doesn't matter what you don't have. Um, the, the common thread with us all is that we were created by a creator, Mm. right? We were created, um, and we all have a purpose. We have taken, um, we, as in, 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 in mankind, we have changed a lot of what we were purposed for, and we've changed, and in doing so, we've changed society um, from its original intent. In my opinion, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I just think love, love people, hear people, just just hear the person, not n- and and don't be so
0: quick to respond. I think that you know? is so. Yes, amen. Because I love. Yeah. What you said about my prayer is that I listen to understand and not react and respond because I think that is what people so often people get it mixed up and they want to listen or hear somebody so that they can react and respond and maybe try and convince them otherwise. Where you you don't try to
1: change what they have said is valuable to them. Right. (laughs) You you know, you can't change that. The only thing it does, it it just makes the other person upset because you Mm -hmm. haven't heard them. You heard yourself responding to what they were saying, you know, and and it just gets down to knowing that people are people. When you, when you remove, when you remove the human um, element of anything, you know i when i when i was in personnel or work when i wasn't in, in, in the navy and i worked in personnel uh what we were taught was that it was an impersonal job so people were numbers people were socials and and last names they were not people and if you had an ability to do that you you didn't become so you you had in doing so you became detached from the, the the Navy captain or the sailor that was on the other end of that Social Security number and that last name. And so you cared less mm-hmm. about the person. Yeah. And I think when we remove human, the human factor from anything, it gives us that ability. We, we're in a dangerous uh, territory. Because then you can treat the person like whatever. oh, that's Molly, she's white, someone treat her like this, or that's Shaniqua. she's black, or oh, you know what they say about black people. I'm gonna treat her like this mm. or you know uh, he's Hispanic and I'm gonna when you when you put labels on people, you you no longer see them as people, yep. Oh. And, and then that gives you you almost have that where it gives you a right to treat them a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but if you just if you and, and if you just saw people as people um it's it's okay. I, I, you know, I have a um I have a conference coming up in in December, right? And and there's a I have a group of women down in South Carolina that are working um diligently and and helping me put together this conference. And and my two sisters are a part of that group. But I'm not going to have I'm not going to treat my sisters any better than I treat the other people. You, you know what I mean? We have um, we have a couple of, we have one one celebrity artist coming in and we have a couple of local artists coming in. I'm not going to treat the, you know, the the internationally known celebrity artists better than I'm going to treat the the local celebrity. You, you see, like people mm-hmm. are people and people should be treated with respect, should be treated with kindness and should be treated with love is how I, how I see it.
0: Oh, amen. We, I think we just had some (laughs) church up on this podcast. I I, I was was just going, I just, you
1: know, I just, I don't don't know. I just don't think you should treat people
0: badly. Just just simply put, just, just love people. I could, I could not agree more Shaniqua. And I so appreciate, and I'm so grateful for you just sharing your perspective and, And that is something that I really, I mean, what you said about listening to understand rather than listening to react and respond, that really ministered to me. Like, I mean, I really don't, Um, I say that to not sound all like Christian-y, like I really, I mean (laughs) it, I just, it really, because I, 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 you know, it made me kind of say, hey, do I do that? Do I, do I listen to react and respond or do I listen to understand? Um, And that's. You know, just even in general, in marriage, I mean, I think that's a lesson that can be used in business. That's a lesson mm-hmm. that can be used in friendships and family, listening to understand rather than reacting and responding. And, yeah, um, thank you so much. Because oh, This absolutely. is just so, thank you. I, so, wonderful.
1: I have really enjoyed this. I I, I really have. Um, it, I, I think what you're doing is wonderful. It's, thank you. It, it's a it's a wonderful platform. For, um, for so many people to just share their story and, you know, and then doing so, you're just touching so many lives. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to commend you on that. Just continue to be who you were called to be in this earth. And, um, and there's so many blessings in that. Thank you
0: so there's much. There's so many blessings,
1: well, I, blessings that come. I mean, with there that.
0: were honestly probably 15 more questions I wanted to ask you. So I think that's just means that I have to have you on the show again at some point. Yeah, so, and, absolutely. Um, but I do want, you know, just as we wrap up here, um, I would love for you to just share, um, you know, for people that are interested in it. So, and I feel like we talked about this, but didn't actually even say it outright. Like everything that you do, I mean, you do a lot of um, you do speaking engagements, you run conferences, yeah. you're an author. Um, so how can people kind of get connected with you and everything that you are doing in your business?
1: Uh, definitely on my website. It's uh shaniquacousins.com and that's S-H A-N-I-Q-U-A. C-O-U-S-I-N-S, just like your cousins, mm-hmm. dot com. And, and all of my information is there. Um, email address, everything. My contact just, it, it's a contact at ShaniquaCousins.com. Mm-hmm. So it, it's there. Um, I, yeah, I, all of my speaking engagement books and, and things of that nature, they're, they're on my website. So that's the best way. And then I'm definitely on the social media platforms. Shaniqua Cousins on Instagram. I love Instagram. I do too. I love, I love that more so than than the others. But I, you know, it's just a quick little snapshot because I'm I'm really more so of a of a introvert, believe it or not, Molly. I'm an introvert, but um, but Instagram, I just feel like it's I don't know, it's personal. I, I not personal, but it just gives me just enough. It it's just enough for me. Yep. So uh, I'm on the uh, social media platforms.
0: Ah. Uh. Well, I mm-hmm. just appreciate everything that you do. And I have to ask because I ask fun questions of all my guests here at the end. Okay. So I want to wrap up with just a really fun question. Um, so, you know, oh, man, there's so many questions I would go. But I'm going to go with this one. Um, if you could eat any food and the calories wouldn't count, <laughs> like you could eat as much of any food and the calories didn't ooh. count, what would it be? <laughs>
1: um, ooh, that's a whew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just one? Just one thing? It could be like a
0: meal. Maybe a meal. Oh, a
1: meal. So in that case, it would probably be some... Oh, this is a tough one. It definitely is going to end with ice cream. We eat a lot of ice cream in my home. I like it. I love ice cream. So we're going to definitely... You know what? I would probably just have an ice cream sundae. Something I like it. Something with like some, some, uh, some nuts and chocolate and like a warm brownie. Mm. A brownie sundae would oh. be awesome
0: bless be mm-hmm. like, yes. but like,
1: and with pasta some pasta yes tea. yes you know so it would start with pasta and then end with that
0: I love it yeah you gotta mm-hmm. but it, the brownie has to be warm and you got to put that yes. ice cream on top so it starts to melt it absolutely mm. you're my kind of girl yes exactly <laughs> yeah you're my kind of girl and you said earlier that you like to cook
1: I I, I love to you, cook. that you love to cook I'm the same same girl. You you can't be I don't think many Southern women don't like to cook. That's true. That is true. So that's like a welcoming when you come into your that's like a, a just like what we do. <laughs> you know, you come into my home, let's cook, let's talk, let's eat, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I, I like to cook as well.
0: Oh, man, Shaniqua, I Mm -hmm. love it. Well, if you are ever in North Carolina, and if I'm ever in Maryland, uh, we have to get together because I know that we would just have the best time hanging out. And um, oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. And I know that this conversation is going to just inspire so many people. And just thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you. It's an honor. It's a, it was an honor, and I, I do I pray that it that it does, and um, yeah, that that lives will be changed as a result of our, or, or not necessarily changed, but uh, that there will be a quickening, mm. um, in someone's spirit just because of the the conversation. And then if you're in Charleston, don't forget I have that conference coming up. If you're near yes. Charleston, yes, or yes, any of your if you are near Charleston. Near Charleston um, we ha- we're having a women's uh, I, I, it's the women seeking purpose, living dreams experience. This is my, my first year that I'm kicking it off and I'm kicking it off in my hometown in Charleston, December 2nd. That is so, amazing. So um, if there's anyone near, there, just go on the website. Again, the information is there. top so I would love to love to have some of those North Carolina peeps
0: Come on down. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, any mm-hmm. excuse to go to Charleston. <laughs> exactly. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Taniqua. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. righty, You do the same. How many times did you just nod your head and want to scream preach during this episode? I mean, I nearly did the entire time. I am so grateful to Shaniqua for coming on the show. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you for your support week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, or whichever is your favorite podcasting app and make sure you are subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag business with or tag me at StillBeingMolly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsors, Causebox and Sevenly. Be sure to visit stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox and use the coupon code Molly for $15 off. And for Sevenly, visit sevenly.org and use the coupon code Molly10 for 10% off through November. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.